Welcome back to Junkie Glasses, the podcast. But you knew that because you clicked on the link that said, I want to listen to Junkie Glasses, the podcast. Um, this one is sort of sort of Adam-led. Uh, you guys have been listening to the podcast long enough. You know Adam. Uh, if you don't know, Adam was a member. He's, he's a musician. He's a drummer. Uh, he was a member of the band uh, Virginia Coalition. Very popular band around here. Toured around the nation. Uh, toured around the nation with a friend of his named Jared Nikolai. Nikolay, I hope I said it right, Jared. Uh, and uh, so he said his friend Jared and and Jared's friend Olivia Mancini, who if you are uh, it, from the D.C. area or know anything about the D.C. scene, you definitely know her name, have this project they'd have, they've had going for quite a while uh, called Astrovia. Uh, a little different music than the, either of them separately make, but uh, I said, I've never heard of this. Can we talk to him? And Adam's like, hell yes, we can talk to him. Uh, so we scheduled it up, got it all fixed up, came down to the basement. Uh, turns out it was a fantastic conversation about um, how they came together. Their new album uh, or EP that's coming out called Super Best Lucky Songs. Uh, I'm told it is in all caps. Uh, and they played a song, which is not a first uh, for us, but we haven't done it in a really long time. Uh, so... Uh, rather than go on and on about this, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump straight to the podcast. Uh, this is episode number 93 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast featuring Jarrett Nicolay and Olivia Mancini, collectively known as Astrovia. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man That's set? Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah, recording. Okay, outstanding. All right. Okay, so this is uh, this is Olivia Mancini and Jarrett Nicolay. They're with uh, Astrovia, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, honestly, and both of you guys are shaking your head because I think you're afraid I'm going to get no. you guys to. No, no. <laughs> oh, no, those are my boots. I'm shaking <laughs> It's chilly. Yes, it's cold down here. So uh, you guys have another album out coming out soon, correct? Or yeah, it's, it's out already? EP. EP. No, it's. I'm glad you did your research, Ed. I did. Fuck it's you. Uh, th- <laughs> it's a three-song EP that is not out yet, uh-huh. but it will be out. Okay. Soon. I actually might have to jump in. On yeah, this. please. Like, this is the basement of no research. Yeah. So, okay. So just. Yeah. Just do, to be clear, we do we do very little research. Um, so are you basically? I mean, since you're in New York, Olivia, and, and you're in the DC area. I mean, so are you, uh, are you guys, do you come down to record or do you just do it like locally, remotely? What do you do? I come down to record periodically. We do a lot of track trading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Power of the internet. Right. 
Um, but ultimately, I show up in whatever studio Jared's got going on. It could be a could be a shack. Could be a could be a shack. Do you have a shack at your new place? <laughs> I'm building the shack right now. Actually, really? I'm converting half the garage. It's the uh, and there's tons of YouTube. Your old garage was like something out of the fucking Goonies. Well, yeah, and <laughs> well, yeah, and the one, yeah. But this one's actually it's it's still going to be Goonie-ish. But, yeah, but it's it's yeah it, it's going to increase our productivity. Oh, cool. Twenty okay. fold. All right then. All right, so so tell me about the uh, scope of the new EP. What kind of stuff do you have on there? Um, Is it like the last one, or are you guys drifting off into different territory here? I think it's an extension of the last one. Maybe I'm. I, I feel like I'm. Do you want to say something, Olivia? I feel like I'm a little too close to the. Uh, I'm mixing. I'm finishing mixing it right now. So it's, to me, to talk about it would be I would sound like a scientist or something. Right. He's in the proverbial den <laughs> right now. Um, right. I would say that it is a union of our first EP, which mm. was a little bit leaning towards the organic side fused right. with electronic. And our second one was 100 percent electronic, I right. would say. Um, and this not a collection... guitar to be seen on that. No, there were guitars, but you wouldn't know they were guitars. Being... Right? <laughs> they were they were heavily disguised. To... Yeah, I wouldn't say gussied. They were maybe ungussied. <laughs> Which was the intention. <laughs> right. Um, right. and then I think on this third one, we sort of brought together some natural elements and fused it with this electronic sound that mm. Jared's been cooking up in his lab. Okay. And uh... not the Goonie Shack. Not the Goonie Shack, <laughs> but the actual. Have you been taking it to? Uh... Yeah, because you work at you work at uh, pickup. Yeah, up it's in. a studio in Kensington, Maryland. It's a great spot that I get to uh, mostly make records for other people, which is nice. Um, but yeah, on, when there's a no show or an, you know on the off hours, I can I can do whatever you steal want. Steal the studio and and use it for powers of evil. You do have you have access to? Do you still have access to the Georgetown Prep? Studio? I do. I work, this yeah. guy, let's, he like he you know he's got studios like he sneezes and studios come out. I'm like in a pinball game and yeah. all the bumpers are studios. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I just. Yeah, you know, right, no, because right. he, he teaches at George. Do you teach at Georgetown Prep? What is it? You it's know? more like an independent study. We're, it's like the pool. We're like the lifeguards at, at the pool that is the recording studio. Uh, okay. So if people come in and want to use it, we just have to make sure that nothing gets broken, and we can. But we work with the kids there to to, to write songs and stuff like that. But it's nothing like a class, or it's right. It's it's very fun, actually. Pretty popular. Well, yeah, it's like it's for like the guys who don't like crush it at lacrosse. <laughs> they can kind of come in and sing about stuff with us instead. Right. You know? Feelings. Feelings. Yeah. It's all very, the stuff that goes over really well at an all-male prep it's school. It's a very tender environment. <laughs> They're in good hands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to the, to the, Metaphorically speaking. Did you have to, 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 to the, the lacrosse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be perfectly clear. It's like, yeah. Hey, man, this is an explicit podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're going to get an asterisk Noted. on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> did, the, did the lacrosse players, like, did they give you wedgies and stuff? Man? No, no. <laughs> We're not allowed to eat in the cafeteria, though. Really? We have, no, we have to. We have a. You're not cool. With the brown you're not, you're not, you're not yeah. cool enough to sit no. in the Georgetown Prep That's cafeteria. <laughs> man, I'm getting bummed out. Now. No, sorry, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Nothing has changed. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It's like a therapy. <laughs> it's like I am a, sitting on a couch. It's like, man, it's like, man, I haven't been to high school in like 20 fucking years, and I'm yeah. still <laughs> here. I'm right back where I started. You're like in catching smokes in the parking lot. And there's some grits out back. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grits, by the way. Like if if you grew up in kind of northern Virginia, grits were the the kids who uh, you know wore Metallica t-shirts and wore the Canadian tuxedos, the, the jean, jean jacket, the jean jacket and jeans. Um, smoked. Some of my people. Yes. <laughs> and, right. Exactly. 
is your people. <laughs> right. Okay. I had great envy in, in junior high school, especially. I always saw them like smoking in the breezeway, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, those guys are badass. Well, they also, oddly enough, they were also like the ones who could play were technically no. way better musicians than all I of us. I couldn't hang. Yeah. They, they wouldn't have me. I remember once I, there was this grit named, uh, I forget his name, but I tried to tell him that, I tried to tell him that, uh, doesn't matter. His no, I tried to tell him. It's not important. Yeah, the, the, his, let's, his, his name was probably like uh, Maynard. The name isn't important. They're, they're, it's, the, it's the size of his mullet. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of them and were what, named Maynard. What patch he had on the back of the jacket. Yeah. If it was, you know, if it was well, Ride the Lightning. always Iron Maiden. Come on. If it was Ride the Lightning, you couldn't fuck with the guy. But I tried to convince that guy once that, like, The Clash was better than Slayer, and he just wasn't fucking having it at no. all. No. He, <laughs> he might be right. He, he, he might, yeah. Like yeah, he might be. Like what All right. So and Olivia, you're you're in New York. What are you What are you doing up there aside from playing every thirty seconds? I play every thirty seconds, uh-huh. so that keeps me pretty occupied. Right. She was just playing while we were having that conversation. Exactly. She she just left <laughs> for a gig. <laughs> she ran up, <laughs> ran upstairs to play a few songs. Yeah. I lost ten dollars while I went out. To play <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am um, doing exactly what I used to do in DC, mm. uh, which is bounce around, play shows, meet other musicians. Um, Hold on to my freelance jobs by the skin of my teeth. Right. And, uh, you know, living the dream. Yeah, exactly. I think you tour for me as well. I do. That's kind of I actually how I carry feel. a little photo with you when I Just tour. Just a little, a little two <laughs> by five. Well, I told Jared today, I was like, I'm just waiting for your kid to turn 18 so that we can take over the world. Right. Exactly. And then I said, That's all. Does he play drums? Uh, <laughs> and Jared so you, said you guys no. can do like a Jeff Tweedy kind of That's thing. That's what I said. Really? That, oh man, you guys. Some podcast. You know your your kid's gonna be like he's gonna be like a football player. Right? No, he's gonna, he's gonna be, be a Repu- video game designer. Nah, he's gonna be a Republican football player. He's gonna rebel. Wow. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a Republican football player. He's gonna re- rebel and he's he's gonna be like fuck you, Dad, well, and your music. Still, he'll be able to take care of me when I'm old. <laughs> Have you met his kid? Oh, it's, he's young. <laughs> there'll time. There'll be time for it to happen. Yeah. It, he, <laughs> actually, Jared's son named our second EP, and I thought it was the coolest name echo birds echo birds yeah, echo he, birds. That, yeah that's all right that's good you didn't like, hear the did first couple drafts that? but that's he got to echo bird well, poop he, sandwich was the first sandwich one. <laughs> uh <laughs> fart catcher yeah. right i would have gone with poop sandwich we would have sold more downloads right so yeah. do you guys have any are you guys last time i saw you guys here you were at the the on the main stage at the black cat i think do you have anything lined up or are you trying to we were talking about that just an hour ago. We mm-hmm. haven't played a show in a long time. Timely, yeah. Adam. Yeah. The question is timely. Exactly. I don't think we've played a show in probably a year. Yeah. Um, the physical distance has something to do with that. Right. Also, we sort of lost our rhythm section somewhere along the way. And that's and actually what kind of made the music. It wasn't the, the, the biggest factor, but like we didn't have, it was just Olivia and I. So to, to make progress with the music, we kind of like did away with needing the rhythm section in the studio, mm-hmm. which kind of informed what we were doing and we kind of like that and then so now it's it we've backed into a place where it's hard to play live in the sense because the songs weren't built around that kind of setup right you didn't have to really rely on outside personnel you could just sort of or even real instruments right like even like drums or bass or whatever and because we're both recovering bass players as well that's true I'm more than Olivia. That's true. That's oh yeah that's that's, that's something to bring up yeah Olivia (laughs) Olivia played bass in Washington Social Club Jarrett played bass in Virginia Coalition, and I, I've never met two people who really hate the bass Olivia. more than these two. Oh, no. Olivia still loves the bass. Oh, really? I was going to say, the, Jarrett, the bass is Jarrett, awesome. Jarrett, Jarrett used to like – the one th- – I've never in my life ever heard Jarrett Nicolay say, hey, my bass! 
Like he used to just drop it. He used to just like leave. Like, 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 but it was always there in the morning. Yeah, it was no, so dude. weird. Actually, like, Jared boasted to me that our second EP featured not one bass note on the entire EP. See, that's how much he hates the bass. And I said, that hurts me. No. <laughs> and he, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. The ba- bass just isn't the cool instrument. Bass. As far as, yeah. Bass! <laughs> yeah. Just, just not having it. And the thing about bass, though, don't get me started, but like rock and bass sucks. Like bass is only good when it's like in parentheses. So even like rock and bass, like like pick, you know. No, I like notes. that. I like the picking bass. Okay, so I'm talking about like if it's like if someone's like, man, that bass is rocking. Like it usually uh, not a good thing. Yeah. Like that usually means the song is lacking. Like, or dun 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 dun. No, dun, that's dun, okay. Okay. I'm talking about like thumbing. Well, yeah. Like if you're like if you're like <laughs> thumb slapping. Looks like you're doing some surgery on yeah. the bass or something. Like, are you familiar with the term uh, skeptical basing? No. <laughs> I, I saw a band and I won't. Name the band, uh, but um, they were like literally pointed to me and like bass solo, and it was like, the flattest, not note wise, just the flattest thing, and it was just like, sitting up in the audience, like, huh, that's some skeptical fucking bass. Skeptical. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna use that. Yeah, un- like un- uncertain. I've seen basing. that happen. I actually, I wish I could remember the name of the band that I saw do that. Oh, I remember now, but I won't say it either. Go ahead and say it. Do we know them? Does it matter? No, it's more like a national band. Oh, Um, oh, but we talk shit about national bands. (laughs) They're not going to hear it. Probably. You can say whatever you want. They're not. Um, You know what it was? It was, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. Tell me and I'll say it. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Gin blossoms. Rest assured, Skeptical Bass is all over. We're so close. I'm just going to go with Gin Blossoms. Yeah. No, it was yeah. Smithereens. It was fucking oh, oh, was it no. the Smithereens? <laughs> yeah. The Smither Blossoms. Yeah. Smither Blossoms. Yeah. It was, no, it was the, the band they formed when both bands ceased selling records. Do you remember mm. that one time we did that gig with? We did that gig with. It was the, the Toad, the Wet Sprocket, and the Smithereens. Did we do that? Yeah, we did a gig, <laughs> and we noticed. Did, you, did that involve a time machine? <laughs> no, 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 that's, no, that's the sad part. And then, but the guy, the, what we noticed was that the guy from. The guy from uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket is just this little little man. Mm-hmm. He's like he's just like he's just like I'm like I'm thimble musician. He's mm-hmm. like he's got he's like on top of a fucking dandelion. Jimmy Cricket, <laughs> that small totally. <laughs> and the guy from the Smithereens is like three hundred pounds. Yeah, and like we were just thinking it would be awesome if they got up there and did a duet and <laughs> fought each other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> throw down that too. I'd have my money on the little guy. Yeah, yeah. He's crafty. Definitely. He can take out, he can take, well, he can just run circles around yeah. the big fat guy if we had to put our money on it. Let's just know? think about that for the next minute or two. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet meditation. Time. Quiet meditation <laughs> on the fat what guy. Was it? From the the what was it? Smithereens <laughs> versus Smithereens versus Sprocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. All right. So we digressed on we, our we, dig- we, di- we digressed. Here's, here's one, here's some stuff I want to bring up. It's like, okay. Both of you guys, aside from both being bass players uh, with differing levels of enthusiasm about that particular instrument, um, both of you guys had kind of varying degrees of success. You sort of drifted into a sort of level of success. Um, Obviously, the definition of success differs from person to person. Like if you ask someone on like Discord, it's going to mean a completely different thing. Um, but I think we both we both know what I'm talking about, right? 
You guys did. We like you guys both did okay. Ad, you did it with me. Well, briefly. And I'm licking the side of a beer yeah, bottle, so I don't. Okay. <laughs> so you're as successful as I the dream has been inspired. No, Olivia. but but I will, no, but I just I kind of want to like okay. So, Olivia, are you allowed to talk about that stuff? Are there still lawyers involved, basically? My gag order was recently lifted. Oh, so wow. Awesome. This morning. Okay. This morning. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so you you basically, you got out of college and you came back and you got into Washington Social Club. Yes. Okay. So so you met up with, the guy's name is Marty, right? Martin? Did yes. you go by Martin? Uh, in college, Martin was Martin. Mm-hmm. And then he became Marty Social. I see. But I still called him Martin. Okay. Yeah. You knew him back when he was, back before Just he became be Marty dick. Social. Okay. So now the interesting thing about you guys was that you, you ended up with uh, uh, like a, a few songs on commercials and everything. You know, uh, you, you, had a, you had a song on like the Entourage TV show and all that, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they focused a whole album, like a whole episode around it. But, you know, you guys were getting sort of like you were selling songs, in other words. Let right? me tell you the story, Adam. Okay, sure. We had this whole um, listening party surrounding our big moment on Entourage. Mm-hmm. And there's like maybe like 40 people assembled in an apartment just to watch this episode. <laughs> of so a show that nobody there. really gives a shit about. We but. got our drinks and everyone's uh, watching the episode very intently. And then uh, something happens. And then one person said, oh, I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> That's the kind of level of success. No, but did, didn't you also sell other songs to like other like commercials and things like that? We did. We did. Um, we had a publishing company that did uh, a good job um, pushing our songs. How does that work? Explain that to, to those of us who are clueless. About well, we were lucky enough to get a fancy New York manager mm-hmm. and the fancy New York manager got us hooked up with an actual publishing company that did their job. And their job is to work with their contacts to have your songs placed mm-hmm. um, in various TV shows, movies, video games. And in return for this... You essentially have no say over where your song may appear or why so, your song so may appear. So it could appear. be like Kotex with wings in there. And there Preparation H. Preparation H, Your right. reward for that is that you get a check. Right. And everything else is negotiated on your behalf. Um, it's like the opposite of the old days where that was like that used to be like selling out. But then it became the now thing. it's like the only way now people it's make like money. how you yeah. yeah it's like how you sell a record right? and I wish very much that that still existed in my life if it was just <laughs> a brief moment in time right uh, but it was successful that was a certain level of su- success absolutely so were you guys big in DC and, and like East Coast style or where, where else where did you guys play you know mainly in DC we had a little bit of a following in Chicago. Um, but we had our bread and butter in D.C., and then we had this outside element, this sort of national element mm-hmm. where we um, had our songs placed, various places. And then um, and then actually I was just uh, telling Jared today we broke up somewhere between our first and second albums. <laughs> it's a miracle that the second album ever came out, frankly. Right. Um, so what, what, what went down? What happened? You know, Lead singer I disease? think... Uh, I think uh, I could play the artistic differences card, but I think what it was was um, a lot of pressure. Right. Once you reach that certain that that level where you start to experience some success, uh, certainly egos become involved. Um, Also, a sense of desperation takes over that you've achieved this much. You want to keep achieving. You want to achieve more. Right. So everybody, everybody becomes very focused. So instead of it being a thing amongst friends instead of it being this activity that we do on weekends and, uh, you know, weeknights and sort of dedicate our time to all of a sudden it's your job. Right. 
And instead of relating to your bandmates as friends and collaborators, you start relating to them as coworkers and right. then with all the politics that come into play. Right. Um, so I think that our first album went over well enough, mm. and I think people were expecting an even better sophomore showing. And too much time elapsed. Uh, we opted to record our second record in New York, and the commute to D.C. And, and to New York is not as easy as one might think. Right. And somewhere over the course of three years before the second album came out, it took three years. It took three years Holy to get shit. that done. That's indicative right there, right? And yeah. that's indicative right there. And part of that was, um, you know, the logistics of the recording situation and uh, like, trying to, logistics of life. I mean, everybody was trying, you know, we weren't making enough money to support each other. That wasn't our folk, you know, our only source of income. Mm -hmm. So everybody was trying to make things work and then also commute to New York as often as, po often as possible to finish this record and... Why was it man was it mandated that the record be made in New York or um we picked a producer who was a great producer but happened to be based in New York. I don't know, he seemed like our best option at the time. Right. And it wasn't mandated. Rex Moreau. Fucking Rex Moreau. Yeah. That's, oh, a, no that's, an, that's an Adam inside joke. Oh my god. Not even a, I don't mean it's like he's a joke, but I'm saying like it's a reference Just to only Adam. Never will never start drinking whiskey with a guy from Louisiana. We were on a tour. I'm sorry to derail your story, Olivia. No, no, yeah, no wait, no. wait. I've, I think all, I've told you about Rex, Rex Moreau. Yeah. You know Rex Moreau? Right? Yeah. Big, big, beefy, like How Rex Moreau. Rex? Okay, let's put it this sounds way. like a Will Ferrell character. I know. <laughs> yes. He is, kind of. <laughs> he kind of is. But the, take out the character part, and that's... <laughs> well, see, I'm confused, because I know another guy named Rex who is affiliated with the same producer. How many is Rexes... He from New Orleans? Is he How from many Louisiana? Rexes could there be? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is his last well, name Rex Harrison... Uh, He's got to be Rex so dreamy. It's got to be the same Rex. Yeah. No? But this is the guy who was doing cocaine on an airplane, right? Yeah. This could be a different Rex. No, he was. Yeah, he was <laughs> not. He was. He, he was. He he uh, he got. He was on a flight. Realized he had cocaine. Yes. And thought, well, I better do it then. So if your name is Rex, you got to sort of cocaine. obligated. So he basically, if that is his real name, so he it's went to the true. bathroom and uh, you know he basically used the. Uh, the little flap down thing where parents change their baby's diapers. <laughs> so you did cocaine and did, possibly did other yeah. things. And, yeah, and possibly like, you know, maybe got a kid's butt yeah. a little tangly. Nothing you're not going to get from a dollar bill. Why, why I was like, Adam, run this because I just wanted to listen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Be very afraid. Yeah. Well, any, so Rex so, Moreau, that's not to, not to go down that rabbit hole, but he worked with Roger as well. Yes. That's why. Right. And we did a tour with Rex opening and Adam and... Adam, you you can volunteer what you want from that, from those experiences, if you want to volunteer anything. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough, because <laughs> Adam and Rex found a kinship. And that kinship, that kinship was called Evan Williams Whiskey. Yeah. Bottom shelf. <laughs> yeah, just like the worst <laughs> shit. Like, like bourbon in name only. Yeah. It was like made in Teaneck, New Jersey, yeah. I think, and like... Uh, but, you know, I just... We were just... What happened was, we were, we were done... We were in Connecticut, and we were done playing, and we were just talking. It was a good show. You know, I think it was a good show. I was in Connecticut. How would you know? I, 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 what, no, it was a, a great show. It was a great show in Connecticut, and we were talking, and like and I'm like, yeah, man, and he's telling me about Baton Rouge, and I'm like, great, and he's got a bottle, and he takes a swig, and he passes it to me, and we just keep talking, and yeah, man, yeah, man, and the next thing I know, the bottle is empty, and... Uh, but he's from New Orleans. And he's so from he New Orleans, and he's this. fine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He drove you home. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We drove him home. Yeah, they we drove, drove Adam home, and... <laughs> And then went to the hotel. And I, I was fine. I thought, and I thought everything was fine. And the next day, I'm sitting out in the lobby 
relaxing, waiting for everybody to show up, and everybody's coming down. They're like, "What's up, Ad?" <laughs> and we all had pictures of like things Adam had done that night yeah. that he didn't really remember yeah. doing. Well, you, hey, Ad, you remember that? There. Remember that? Remember that two hundred pound woman that you chest bumped? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it was bad. It was bad. So thanks, Rex. Yeah, that's but Rex had a beautiful voice, as I seem to recall. Rex was a and he was, he was a big music fan. Like yeah. he was a good dude, but yeah, yeah. But he liked the whiskey, and that's coming from me. That's saying something. Was he of the grit heritage? No, uh, no, 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 not at all. He, sang, he was like a neutral milk hotel guy. Yeah, he was like okay. totally like yeah, sang like know. an angel. Sang like an absolute angel. He made those songs like he would he would cover some neutral milk hotel songs, and he would make them sound like really pretty and like you know strange like it showed you that they were really good songs you know any way you would do them but like it was it was neat to hear them like it was yeah he was a cool guy yeah rex rex is if if anybody was going to pick up rex's songs it would be the like on a on a, a tv show drama when two characters make out for the first time like that's that's when rex songs kicks in basically um but he was a bit you know he was tragic though rex Contact us. Yeah. Let us know you're okay. Seriously, man. man are you? I, I did worry about the guy. I still worry about the I know. guy. Remember little. when he lost his jacket? Yeah. Like the morning. Yeah, we were like 20 miles away from the hotel. Right. And he's like, man, but it wasn't just his jacket, but it was something like, man, my mom gave me that jacket. Right. Like, when she was in right. the trenches, <laughs> she, you know, it was like some like <laughs> completely tragic story. My grandfather, my grandfather died in that jacket <laughs> in World War II, man. And then I left it in a hotel and bar. We, and we had to go <laughs> get it. <laughs> So we it, had to it, go well, get it. The reason we were driving Rex is because Rex decided that it was a good idea as the first of three on the tour. He was the first act every night, and he drank like that every night, and yeah. he drove himself everywhere. Yeah. So he, we ended up carting him around a little bit because we didn't want him to die. <laughs> so then that's why we had to go back and get his jacket. Yeah, exactly. Because we were good. Yeah. Good friends for Rex. Right, because we didn't want him to get any more depressed than he no. was. No. <laughs> Rex, <laughs> are you okay, buddy? <laughs> All right. All right. God damn, sorry. Um, so, so how did the lawyers get involved, Olivia? What lawyers, Adam? Come on, man. There were lawyers. No. There were there disputes between management? Was it Lionel Hutz? <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, before we get into that, I, I did have one question, though. So you guys have the, uh, um, you're getting tapped for commercial music. Sure. Did that change how you thought about writing it? Was that one of the pressures? Like you're like, holy shit! You now know we gotta what? Because it's a different thing to sell to an audience than it is to sell to like a market. Very much so. Um, and I think that once you recognize the potential to sell your songs and make money in a different way, mm-hmm. that absolutely infiltrates the way you think about songwriting. Yeah. Um, so you were thinking like, is this going to look good under a under a box of Twinkies on TV? Well. Not necessarily that, but well, you know, no, exactly that. Theme. I'll <laughs> be honest, and <laughs> that or the Vienna sausage thing. Yeah. I think there were some differences of opinions in the band where um, I was thinking. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I was thinking. Well, you know what? This is not if like this could maybe be a good thing if we could. You know, Martin was writing ninety five percent of the material, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the band was contributing uh, and. Uh, obviously a large amount to the arrangements and um but the lyrics were all his mm. and there were a few songs that were otherwise extremely marketable mm-hmm. but every now and again because martin is a punk rock spirit mm. he would throw in a profanity or two mm-hmm. and i remember having a conversation with him where i would say 
dude, maybe you just don't say fuck there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. You know, like, maybe Things you don't, rhyme with fuck. I'm just saying, you know, like, you could just, yeah. like, insert another word. You know that, <laughs> Martin, you know that, you know that love song? Can we rethink putting the word cocksucker in there? You know, I'm just saying, like, here's what the source. You can say cocksucker on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember there being a little bit of discussion about that, about how, uh, you know, he didn't want to pander. And he wasn't going to change his uh, his mo to fit a certain formula, and I was thinking, man, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, you know, like this is how we're this gonna a, cruise into old age here. Right. Like we're gonna sell these songs, and it's gonna be. A and then you can do effort. like the the you can do like the other artistic stuff with that money. <laughs> you know, sure. Like that's you, the we it's can like, have side projects upon side projects to the side. But I guess of the maybe side. for him it was like that wasn't his side project or that you know or whatever. Well, I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I understand his the, integrity. The thing about selling but, out is always. I mean, it can't be an integrity thing, but I think if you if you're gonna put it in those terms of selling out, which like I don't, but like. They all, people can complain all they want while you sleep on your mountains of money. Right. I mean, and raise your family. Right. And, and do all these things that happen. Or if not, you know, or if not mountains of money, at the very least, like a mortgage payment here right. or there, or like well, a 401k maybe. You right. Know? That's the thing. Is that, that doesn't you know, sound very rock and roll, but I mean, come on. You but know? we're talking about real lives. That's and what we're saying. talking about the fact that we could not have done what we were doing, <clears throat> as anyone here could not have done what they were doing, right. and maintained quote, regular jobs. Yeah. So here was five people whose livelihoods were essentially dependent on whether we use the word fuck or not. You know, it wasn't as simple as, oh, you can bleep it out. You know what? That makes it unmarketable. Right. So when we're having these group conversations, what we're really talking about is the fact that, okay, we go to play uh, Charlottesville we might walk with 50 bucks, you know, and right. this is at the height of our career and everybody right. thinks that we're rich and famous because it seems like on you paper had a song we're on doing great. Yeah. We're on Entourage. Right. But at the end of the day, that's not, that's not a sustainable career. You've mm. got to keep pedaling and pedaling in order to make it work. And some, when that comes down to a bandmate to bandmate level of like, hey man, choose your words wisely, well, tensions rise. Right. <laughs> you know, the artistic versus financial interests arise, and it's, it's just not pretty. It's a legitimate debate to have, but it doesn't seem like it when, you know, you have a stack of bills and you're worried about rent. Sure. And things like that, right? Wow. So, I mean, basically, the people who, the, so the people who bought those songs, they bought the rights to those songs, so they kind of own them now. Is that the deal? No, um, we had this fancy New York manager that I'm, I reference, um, he did a good job in orchestrating our agreements in the sense that nobody own we own, continue to own all of the licenses to everything. Hmm. Um, it was in fact, anybody who, well, I guess that's the word, anybody who used the song licensed it from us over rented a period it, of time, rented the song gotcha. so that we still retain the rights. Um, but they able to use it for whatever purpose over a small period of time hmm. have you ever thought about getting back in touch with that guy i mean like hi how you doing hey listen uh, <laughs> I got some stuff. um martin and i are not on... martin i'm talking about the manager oh good much less important okay. <laughs> much less loaded yeah um i hope he's doing great and living in connecticut and uh right you know no hard feelings right yeah, I don't know. You haven't talked know. to him in forever, the manager? No, you know, we didn't part on the best of terms. Oh, I, see. Uh, we... I don't know anything about what that's like. Yeah. Uh, 
Seriously. I don't know. I've been awfully mouthy, Jared. Why don't you talk no, no, about no, no, your- no, 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 no. I'm going to get to Jared. Have you been, like, so what, what, what we figured out, what I figured out, and what Jared knew for a long time was that uh, normally with managers and, and labels and things like that, it isn't like a. It isn't like this big blow up where they call you in and say you're fired or anything. It's normally like a fade away, like a girl who's not interested in dating you anymore. It's a bad relationship. Yeah, they just kind of stop calling. We actively fired our manager. Oh, did you? (laughs) So, so getting back in touch with that guy is like not going to happen. What you were saying, Adam? Yeah, (laughs) that's the Uh, one percent right there. Yeah, it was the one percent that said you're not working hard enough for us. And guess what? When we did away with oh. him, they were not a string like, of people like knocking on our door. That's like dirty manager speak back at him. Yeah. Like, I think well, it's a Pokemon response. <laughs> it's like you, like it's like a deflector yep, shield. Yep. Well, Vaco fired a manager when I was. We in fired there. a few. Yeah, we fired. We, we uh, they always happen. To, you guys always seem to fire somebody at Cracker Barrel. We did fire our manager at Cracker yeah. Barrel. We, so they we, weren't we, even at Cracker Barrel. We, we were at Cracker Barrel so we eating called it, Uncle we, Herschel we called, breakfast. They, like everyone, uh, like me and me and our sound guy Pipe, we wouldn't have. We'd like we had no no involvement, so we'd like go off to Barnes and Noble or something. And these guys, Dad, would be you don't like, know how much I wished I could have gone off. No. Dad, <laughs> yes. instead of being stuck at Cracker Barrel, no, but okay. no, no, watch your mouth about the Cracker Barrel. We'll, we'll get to Cracker Barrel in a minute. I feel like yeah. the Cracker Barrel plays a pivotal role. Yeah, in almost we started, every we started band's calling. Life. We started calling the fronts of Cracker Barrel the fire and porch. Did, did you ever, did you ever, Adam, Adam, did you ever have nightmares being like, no, I don't want to go to Cracker Barrel. Like, I don't want to get, get on the fire and porch. Yeah. If we ever picked up his breakfast at Cracker Barrel, he was always afraid. He was so close to being fired. Yeah, totally. Was it because I chest bumped that girl? Yeah, exactly. That's what Adam was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. But, but you now here's so you, you did it sort of publishing and, and you guys made had relative success in terms of like selling and. Uh, selling songs and licensing and commercials, Jarrett, you kind of did things the opposite way. You guys were complete road dogs, and and uh, you played constantly. You guys were always, 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 always on the road. You know. Yep. And in terms of selling songs and stuff, that didn't really happen. It was basically through live performances and and taping and. Yeah, um, I mean, it's funny. Like in the old days, when we were like licking stamps to put on postcards and all that stuff. For mailing list people, you know, before, like, I mean, I remember when we got our first mass email list for, like, you know, when we were like, well, this is going to be great now. We don't have to lick stamps, you know. So we were on that tail end of, like, when things were still analog in that regard. And, uh, but we would sell a lot of CDs at shows and maybe even shirts and stuff. But, like, then we, you saw that trend kind of cease, you know, as, like, the internet started doing its thing. And, and so, yeah, we, that was definitely, like, a, um, you know, a writing on the wall kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you guys, you guys were at it for like ten years, though. Yeah, easy. I think we like started touring in what was it, two thousand? I don't know. Like we were, at, we probably played. I mean, infinity number of frat houses and yeah. You know, but no, that's student unions. I mean, no, you can make fun of, like that's Rick people Skellers. make fun of that. But honestly, that's just to me. No, it's I had just, a, It was just great. as legitimate a way of getting your music no, out it's a there, circuit, as, and it's a working musician. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter where the fuck you play. That's the real way. No, there's no real way. But like, well, no, but that is the real way. If you're gonna sit around and be like, I'm only playing the right venue to the right people at the right time. Like, there are people who say that. Sure, sure. There's there. There should be a strategy to it, but that's not like you. You can't make people like you yeah unless you're like a hypnotist right slash musician but we i mean we had a good manager um that was really in touch with like the college circuit and he he like 
uh, you saw that what you guys were doing would would very much like apply itself to quality. Yeah, content. our our show was definitely like catered to. It wasn't catered. It was it was it was what it was, but it was the kind of thing that college yeah, it was people, sincere, but like. it was like yeah, appropriate it, it, for it applied to that situation right. and um and no, we had a great time, and I feel like it made you know. It was what got us to be tight, you know, as a band. Like, we just played every night almost for, you know, five days a week or four or five days a week for years and years and years, and it was great. Right. And you guys crushed. We crushed. You crushed. Yeah. We, had some, we had some good, you know, like, Chicago was a good one for us, too. My wife still jokes that I once made the remark that Chicago felt like our home away from home, and that was a ridiculous... I, she, for some reason, still makes fun of me for saying that, <laughs> We always did well in Chicago. We did, I swear, until we didn't do well in yeah. Chicago. No, it's a sad day when you stopped doing. Yeah, well we stopped doing well in Chicago. But luckily, like, oh, we had this place. For us, it was like it didn't take long. It was like I mean, we did well for a while, and then all of a sudden, it, it wasn't like this gradual like, are we doing well? It was just like, no, we're well, not doing no, well. We're not in doing Chicago well. now. Like, yeah, it didn't, we should it, stop it didn't Chicago like a, all the time. Fuck like, Chicago! <laughs> like no, well, and until recently, hot dogs was in Chicago, so it never stopped going to Chicago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. that's a reason. It was. It was. Uh, I, I do remember we did, we did that one gig, and outside. No, yo, that Out, was, on the river. That was the last one. Yeah, I think that was the last one. Yeah, it was like some. It was like some outdoor festival, like on concrete with like eight people there. And, yeah, and, well, was, and that was ooh. that yeah, was, was ugly. But at least, well, no, they they barely outnumbered us. That's my criteria for a good show. Right, right. There was two more of them than us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's pa- we'll pause for a second. All right, um, we're keeping it real right now. Uh, so, when did you? Uh, hold on, I'm, I just completely lost my fucking. Sorry, brother. We need the uh, <laughs> so. test me, pattern music. Me. What the fuck? Like, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yes. Um, so, I just I remember hitting Chicago twice in six month period and like no three month period one was in winter and we did that show at the yeah. theater yep opening up for like the umphreys mcgee side project band or something wasn't it uh amazing no wasn't it uh <laughs> what g love no it wasn't g love no it was like umphreys mcgee there was no special sauce no there was no special sauce that was a sauceless gig huh um but it was it was the the, the guy from one of the guys Humphreys. from umphreys was McGee. huey lewis there no that was a sorry. That was a dream I had. You had a dream of playing it. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting better and better. <laughs> Were the news thing? Yeah. No. I'm uh, sorry. <clears throat> but no, I remember we did that one gig, and that was pretty good. Not a lot of empty seats. And then we came back like three months later, and it was like this outdoor festival, a concrete floor, fucking, uh, you know, like a lot of like chili dog booths and funnel cake booths. I think that's that's when you know shit's over when you start smelling funnel cake. Well, <laughs> and the wolves are circling. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think that that um, that gig might have been not that well planned on on this, you know, on the part of the uh, right. I don't even remember what that was called. But that was what I do remember. I mean, well, the one thing I do remember was that it was like, you know, you guys seemed you were like, God damn, this is exhausting. And I was psyched when I started because I was like, Hey, man, there are hotels. 
Right. Fuck hotels. I'm getting like money. That's a big deal. Yeah, it, it matters. You know. And it wasn't even the the motel. It was the no. Hotel. It was a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. We rocked the Priceline. Got the two and a half stars. Always ended up with the Courtyard by Marriott. You guys Fuck, taught yeah. me about that, and I use it all the time. Yes. You, Adam Dawson, <laughs> taught me about using Priceline on tour, uh-huh. and it changed my whole touring life. Exactly. No more floors. No more nothing. Well, I the stay in. Floor. Well, I just stay in nicer hotels now. Yeah, exactly. So do you, do you do the two star? At whenever possible. Right. Absolutely. And occasionally, occasionally you'll end up, like, if you get it enough, they'll end up kicking you up to a three-star. Yeah, that's you know, a weird move on there. They'll upgrade you. Yeah. It's like when mm-hmm. you get... Go, when you get flyer miles? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You get up into business class, and you're like, well, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have another drink. And I always ended up getting... And, like, I, I always... I, I felt... I, this is the definition of sorry, not sorry. I snore. So there were... There were uh, you're not sorry. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> so uh, I always ended up with my own hotel room. It's true. Yeah, it was really nice. Can we talk about when you well ordered played, the food? Sir. When you... When the, I what? The Ambien story? Oh. We, oh, yeah, okay. Or right. stories? No, yeah. I don't want to make this too much about you, Ad. No, I know. But, but this was... Uh, so we were we were on tour with that those dickheads from Australia. Yeah, their band is called The Beautiful Girls. Right. And but there's no girls. In there the are band. no girls in the band. It's false Clever. advertising. The drummer was cool. The other two guys were um, just flaming blue vein dicks. But and uh, we can say that because they're like a half a world yeah. away, right? And the internet what, doesn't gonna, go that far. Like, they're gonna be like, "Crikey!" and get on a plane <laughs> and come beat our asses. That'd be like, sweet. Nah, that's not gonna happen. Um, I don't know. They could be one of our eleven listeners. Yeah, exactly. Could, let's throw down. Beautiful yeah. girls. Come on. Come on. Bring it. Bring it. You look like Jack Johnson, motherfucker. We um, called him John Jackson, by the way. he looked so much like... He looked, he looked so yeah. much like Jack... Or his gig was... He was like, so want to be Jack Johnson, we did right. call him John Jackson. Maybe that's why they were mean to us, Ad. Yeah. Did, did, did they hear us calling him uh, John maybe Jackson? Maybe they did. But, but we didn't speak Australian. No, we didn't, man. <laughs> but one thing we did do was we... Uh, we uh, we we put our we put the voice on our tom tom. You you have the option of turning it into a British or Australian accent. <laughs> so we put it on a on an Australian accent. and We just kind of kept driving by them, and it would go like, "Make a right turn," yeah. you know. And we and Add, we, don't do it in an Australian I accent. Can't. I'm just kidding. I, you like, never learned. No, I never did. Man. <laughs> the tutorial didn't take. But yeah, Crikey. so so we were we were uh, we had to fly. We were in. Uh, we did a show in Minneapolis, and then we ha- separately had to fly down to Miami to do a show at University of Miami and then meet those guys in Denver. And so we were fucking exhausted because we slept like three hours that night in It was to pay for the tour. We right. had to play one college gig to pay to be on that tour. Right. Like, that's the, that's that was the, how, the reason. That's, that's some of the economics that go down. It's just to be on the insane. on like the cool, in print, you know, in quotes tour, we were, like, paying for it. So we had to go play this college gig, which was a fine gig, and but yeah. it, like, afforded us the chance to go on this, like, you know, National Lampoon-style It was fucking vacation. Tour. Um, so I had Ambien um, because I didn't want to fuck around. I just wanted to sleep. Um, so, but it was, it wasn't like prescribed by a doctor. It was like on the internet next to where you get the boner pills. They also have Ambien. Luckily they didn't so. use that. <laughs> so I, I got, I had You're my, tired, but, very <laughs> exactly. but you don't appear to be, God damn it, I just want to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> or maybe it'll just, maybe it'll just be both together. It'll be the yeah. whole deal in one pill. Um, but I, so I, I, we were on our way back from the show. And uh, I took the Ambien, and Jared had this piece of shit flip phone that he refused to get rid of. We called it Little Chub because you could open beers with this phone. That's why I kept it around. Right. It was so th- like big and weird, you could open a beer with it. So, uh, so his phone dies, so he goes, hey, man, let me use your phone, and he calls his wife. 
I'm like, all right, cool. So I go back into my hotel room, pop the Ambien, I go to sleep. And similar to like what happened in the Rex Moreau aftermath, like I'm in the in the lobby the next day thinking everything's cool. <laughs> it was and, a theme with Adam. Yeah, like, <laughs> the morning after. Like I learned how to not sit in the lobby waiting for the guys because <laughs> something, some, some shit went down in the yeah. interim that Honestly, I remember. Honestly, dude, I cannot wait till we have a party here. <laughs> yeah. It's so, be amazing. So I was, uh, I, was sitting, you know, I was sitting there waiting and Jared comes in. I was like, what's up, man? You know, and, and that, that's how it always starts. Somebody goes, what's up, dude? What's up, Ad? And uh, so what happened was Remember on the old flip phones where, like, when you press the green button, it automatically calls the last number that you called? <laughs> so apparently what happened was when I was in my ambient stupor, like, I got up and I, I picked up my phone. And, and I, I remember distinctly putting my phone across the room so I was clearly sleepwalking. So I picked up my phone and in my sleep... I just started pressing that green button, which calls Jarrett's wife at like three o'clock in the so morning. So then she then calls me, asking says, why Adam's calling her and not saying anything. And Jarrett says, "You know, honey, that's a good question." So, so Jarrett so, calls me, you, so putting any, his number at the top of the queue. So I'm still pressing, and so Jarrett finally like lets. Do you still have the voicemail? I wish you did. No, Jarrett. So Jarrett like uh, lets the phone through, the voicemail go through, and he plays it for me, and you hear like. <laughs> <laughs> the magic number you call her 17 times in your sleep 17 times i just, just, just kind of wanted to talk to her man. yeah wow. or not talk to her <laughs> not talk to her yeah. it's a non-verbal communication yeah. you guys were that close but yeah we, we that was that was the one thing i always figured out like being on all those tours because there was like financial support coming from the record label but also we also ended up eating a lot of shit on a lot of those tours Sure. You cliff know. bars. Shit Not literal cliff. shit. Yeah. Eating, yes. Eating shit. You won't touch it, Cliff Bar now. Yeah. You can't go to Cracker Barrel. So. Yeah. But, um, well, that's when we had a manager. <laughs> to fire. Right. Then no more Cracker Barrel. <laughs> but one of the, um, like, there was, there was this, we were on this one tour uh, with this woman who, what, do, we, do we remember her name? I don't know what, which tour. She's the One Tree Hill chick. Oh, she was shit. like on some that show well, One Tree Hill, and she had a band. She, <laughs> she had a band, and uh, and so we toured with her. And they, she had this tour manager. And remember, I was telling you the other day about like tour managers being fucking yeah, yeah, assholes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so, what was I, her name? I can't remember. But anyway, Andy still has the I'm googling. Andy still has the number of that um, tour manager on his cell phone. Our singer Andy, and like just every six months or so, he just sends him an anonymous tick text. The guy's name was Cash. Yeah. It's like, hey, Cash, eat a dick. <laughs> just like, just like every six. I months. think he might get those texts more often than we think. <laughs> yeah, like probably every six weeks or so. Just fuck you, Cash. You know. Yeah. Um, when you give yourself the nickname Cash, was that his nickname, or did his parents name him? If it was his nickname. Well, okay, then... you're right. I'm assuming, and then we know what happens when that when you do that. But yeah, those, so that was that was another tour. And but what's her name? Did do, do you, do you? None of us ever watched one. She had a stalker. I remember that. We had to deal with that. Show. I will not cop publicly to watching one. Tour. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's a smart. Well, move. None of us did. We're adults. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> We're adults. Actually, you know, so. and I might have been that stalker, but yeah, yeah, maybe. No, but it was fucked up. The guy showed up with like gloves and rope and like. He was acting like he was a roadie and stuff like that. The girl was freaked out. She had to get a police escort. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
And I was like, this I guy, think- here, here's why this guy's fucked up. Number one, he's a stalker. Number two, he's obviously in his 30s and watches fucking One Tree Hill. <laughs> so that means that means he's true. So many red flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, wow. So that that that's that's kind of where we're at. So and, so ambient. so Vico died. Well, yeah, it's well, did it die? I don't even know. That's the, that's the million dollar question, or more appropriately, the thousand dollar question. Right. <laughs> the, I mean, when was our last show? We played uh, nine thirty. Was it? I think I went to it. Yeah, I think it was the nine thirty. Yeah, maybe. Was it the nine thirty? I think that's a good way to go. We yeah, should, fuck we, it. Let's just I say mean, that because because yeah, we it was played. Like a yeah, Christmas thing. You guys the big, sold um, out lighted. Verizon Center. Right. <laughs> right. That was the last show. No. You sold out 930 Club, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. we did. It was a big a ass show. Sold out we'll, 930 Club. We'll say that was the last show. Times. Yeah. For the record, I had an amazing time at that show. You guys were great. Well, thanks for coming. You had the yeah. horn section. We did. You had the um, backdrop the big letters. with the big letters and the lights. A few of the that. lights. Were, the sign looked a little fucked up. But then again, so was Virginia Coalition. That's okay. I think it was representative yeah, absolutely. of our, of our thing. You know? Um but yeah, that was the last gig, and and you know Paul's in California and he is. Uh, writing jingles and he yeah you know he's got a, a cool thing going for uh, he our keyboard player uh, moved to California and he is working with someone he runs like this library of music he like manages the library of music for like if someone needs something that sounds like you know they kind of get orders for like something that sounds like. Uh, the black keys for mm-hmm. a commercial or mm-hmm. a TV show. It's like, it, it seems like a really cool. There's a, you cool guys gig. know uh, a guy named Lewis Weeks, young kid. Mm-mm. He's from DC, works in Baltimore. Apparently, there's a, and I should know the name of it, but I don't know. There's a really a big place up there that does a lot of work like that. Like up in Baltimore? Yeah, so it's like, well, I mean, they do it nationally, but it's farmed out, but they're based in Baltimore. They do so the they writing and stuff or the production? Yeah, so, so it's like you call like... up, and this is this is like going further into the, um, you know, you're doing like commercial music. You're actually doing com- music at that point as a commercial product. Mm-hmm. They call up and be like, we've got this really bitchin' truck, and we need it to sound exactly like the Black Keys. And yep. so they're like, it always comes back to the Black Keys. <laughs> yeah. but... Well, I mean, but the Black Keys are like, well, okay, how come somebody would just call us? Nation Army, like, you know, maybe that. <laughs> yeah, like, which is you know, kind of the Black Keys. Which is, like, mm-hmm. Not even kind of. But, right. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but he, your friend is that. Yeah, yeah, and he kind of, like, manages the catalog. And I've actually done some work for him with that as well. Like, we've, we've been in touch um, when I have time to, like, because my... 8,000 studios that I work in at. Right. The, um, yeah, but yeah, I've done some work with him like remotely where they'll, they'll Trips leave. and lands in studios. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Subterranean studios. And... Who wouldn't want to have Jared in this studio? Uh, I don't know, man. I know some folks. I know, I know a couple. Of, do you want to know one of Jared's tricks? I don't know if he still does this. Um, I think the tech... I know what you're going to bring up, Ad, <laughs> and the technology prevents this from... Well, no. It, no, it doesn't. Bullshit. The technology is more suited to it now than... Here's what Jarrett used to do. You like, say it like it was like a... Like I did it every Tuesday. chronic Tuesdays. thing. Like, I think you've done it more than once. I've done it once. once. No. All right. So there's this, uh, there's this guy uh, when Virginia Coalition first started, uh, and Andy didn't really have you know, the strength to be a lead guitar player. So there was this guy who was in the military, I think. Yeah, and they they he's used, like Steve's Steve's buddy, or right? Something, right? And he used to come up and play, uh, and he did the kind of stuff that sounds great on stage, but once you get it into the studio, it just—I mean, it was just like no, it, it was—it was just—it was like you know when you go to a guitar center 
and you hear like the guy that can actually play that guy like he can play but he's still playing at the guitar center and it's got that like kind of like uh fuzzy like it's just this like 80s guitar rock tone like that was that yeah and it had he had this riff that became a vaco in which is my kryptonite yeah um, By the way, yeah, it was just it's became a, if you look at listen to the archives for any Vaco show at some point you're gonna hear somebody play that riff and it's as a joke. Uh, 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 it was well, it, there's the like that, yeah. But there's the boo at the yeah. end. Yeah, well, no, that's, well, that's if you're a horn player. Oh, right, right. But yeah, well, what Jared did was he brought the guy into the studio. Um, we were all there. Yeah, and um, and uh, they they started listening to what he was playing and it was they were recording it to ADAT. This is so, back in the like. 15, 12, 13, whatever, 14 years ago? Yeah, yeah. So, so we were using ADATs, which are like video cassettes yeah, yeah, yeah. that you uh, record onto. So what Jarrett did was Jarrett would just sort of like move the goalposts a little bit every time this guy played. He'd like slow, to, slow down the BPMs while he played. And then he'd, like, I don't know, man, maybe you should try tuning again. And then he'd speed it up a couple of BPMs because he really didn't want this guy's shit to be on the album. We, okay, let and me. Jared had the foresight me. to realize that it would have been like, like humiliating to have to listen to that, like, like for later on, you know? So, yeah, let me, let me, let me go <laughs> into a little bit of detail Jared. here. So, this guy's guitar playing was he had like aesthetically f- not. My bag. He and, had like and I a, assume, we did. We didn't have a conversation amongst ourselves, but I, I took the pretty, initiative. I felt pretty confident that I was speaking for everyone. You were doing the right thing, and no, we weren't very confrontational. As you did the fadeaway. Yeah, I yeah. just. So I made it. I made a small effort to make it not sound great. Right. Like so, I changed the pitch in a few a few cents flat or something to make yeah. it seem like his guitar wasn't working. Well, until yeah. we can then regroup and decide as a group. I kind of just kibosh the session yeah to move forward you you kind of like just like Viet Cong style you just and pop, i don't think popped he, up out of the weeds and yeah. threw a grenade and yeah. scurried off yeah, into the jungle that's that's the job of a good producer yeah you have to massage the situation right yes yeah, so i'll take that yeah. but that guy I'll had see. like a carvin flying v guitar too it I might think. have been a bc rich yeah it was terrible no it wasn't so. a BC rich. <laughs> i mean he was a nice guy though that was the problem that was where it was one of my like that's usually the problem ethically yeah. i was i was so like nice. yeah that's why we we couldn't like tell him like this is kind of lame, so we had to. I had to. I mean, he wasn't. Little... He wasn't lame enough. He was. He certainly wasn't lame live on stage and in, in on Columbia. I never. Pike. Well, I never like. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's not what I like. It's right. like what the people like. But yeah, like to me, that kind of guitar playing is hilarious. Hmm. But, but, whatever. but not who am I? <laughs> yeah, not when your name's on it. Right. No. Yeah. Well, you, can you imagine like if that was like when we were like. It could have fucked up the whole in. deal. Yeah, and you're someone like, someone breaks that out. It's like, hey, you guys want to hear some funny shit? You know? Well, no, you're like, like you know, when in the heyday, you're like, <clears throat> okay, well, you know, listen to their first record. You're like, what the hell is that shit? Right. You know, like we didn't, you know, we right. saved ourselves that. I guess, or maybe it would have prevented you from getting gigs later. Yeah, or yeah. we would have gotten a million gigs. Uh, who knows? Or if, That's the thing. No accounting for taste. Right. That's the thing. You guys, you guys could be like, you know, did uh, I ruin everything, or did I, you know? Who knows, man? I mean, look, yeah, Astronaut, BC Riches, like the Flying V's. They, these are all things <laughs> that, that, that happened. And there's lots of them and, yeah, that appeal to certain people. They yeah. do, and they are still. I mean, exactly. they're, they're foreigner. Although I think one of the guys just died. Like still moment of silence fills up like state oh. fairs. Yeah, we did state fair. The grits would have liked this morning. Oh, exactly. I ended up at state fairs. Yeah. Did you do? Have you ever done a state fair? Yeah, did I'm not. Not for, no, who, no, no. Actually, I never uh, got so 
good that I could play a state fair, only county fairs. Okay, I got so, you. So, um, Fairfax County Fair, uh, Prince George's County Fair, Prince George's, um, which is a real thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> PGCF. Hey, are you kidding? You know what? Could do worse. You could do way worse yeah. <laughs> than uh, a county fair. Uh, I was just telling, man. We like uh, uh, old band. One band I played with. We opened up for Starship at a county fair. <laughs> Who, who played at your county you know, fair? I blocked out that you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there were none of the Jeffersons still. None in of the Jeffersons were around. It was just the stars. You know, fair. I gotta say, the county fairs that I participated in, in um, their star power was not, not, <laughs> was not power. so much. Mainly, I know I can tell you one name because I re- continuously receive his emails, and I don't know why. Uh, Sean Hillman and Station One Hundred One. Oh shit! I'm sure you're a great band, Sean Hillman. Stop sending me your emails, <laughs> please. <laughs> We played together once at the Fairfax County Fair. I don't. What? This, how did I end up on your email maybe list? Maybe he thinks like you're, you're you're like his ticket. You're like. You know. I don't even know how he got my contact info. Like I think we exchanged Be after the gig. It was yeah, like, yeah. "Hey man, good job, good job. We're playing the County Fair. Goodbye." Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. it. See ya. Yeah. Enjoy the funnel cake. See you later. Oh, hey. yeah, you're gonna you spell that? That's uh, spell uh, death. Um, I'm gonna get a fried Milky Way. Okay, cool. <laughs> circle back a little bit. How do you guys feel about a triple bill of live Jim Blossoms and Toad the Wet Sprocket? Shit, we played play, play, play live. Tell them the live. Story. Oh my god. Tell them the live. This story. is like the you're not talking about a real thing. You can't. Come on. <laughs> Holy fuck. Wait, live Jim Blossoms and who? During a song about Toe the Wet Sprocket. About okay. dolphins crying. Ed Yes, <laughs> that's how you say it. That's how you <laughs> pronounce it. Like, oh, like, do, do, do it again. Do it again. Off his shirt. Do it again. No, I can't. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him the live story. Anyways, you ripped off his shirt in the middle of the song about dolphins crying. So our our live story is that we played with them at the University of West Virginia, right? Or no. West Virginia, I don't know what the school is called. Yeah. West Virginia University? I don't know. Morgantown. And yeah. in the contract was that you couldn't look Ed in the eyes. <laughs> you could Co- look you at couldn't him. look at him You're in the eyes. You're contractually forbidden. So what did we do? You can guess what we did. Yeah. But like repeatedly. <laughs> Just looked at his ass. Which is why we didn't go on a tour with live probably because yeah. we looked probably. at him in the eyes. Although, you know, they are on tour right now. So if you guys want to revamp. Yeah, but Ed Haya isn't in the band anymore. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, Ed 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 isn't in the band. No, no Ed Ed go on. <laughs> I wanted to go to the unplugged twenty if oh Jesus old. Twentieth anniversary tour. Yeah. The first one. So it's just him? So it's just Ed. Him in a band. I remember all of that. No, it's the placenta on the floor. Oh, oh it's yeah. just him. I love you. No, I thought it was it's not the whole band. <laughs> We should go look at him in the eyes. Yeah, everyone go. Everyone who's going to go see Ed Kawa, just stare at him the entire time. I think at this point he would probably welcome that. Yeah, exactly. I'm just guessing that, that he's changed his policy. <laughs> can I majorly diverge? Yes. And can I say Thank you. that I just want to point out that Adam is the person who introduced me and Jarrett. Oh, nice. It's true. Yes, it I is did. true. You um, had the foresight. You really did. You had a vision. Well, sure. And I just want you to put this feather in your cap. I'm just trying to get bass players together, man. Okay. Maybe maybe that's <laughs> all like a support it group. But I remember he just, you. He just wants to see the ultimate version of Big Bottom. Right. <laughs> We're missing. We need one more. I don't know what your ultimate motive was. Everything. However, yeah. there it's was. You were very insistent. And you were like, my friend Jared, he writes good music. He is awesome. You should make that's music with him. the same thing he said to me about you. And there it was. We're all meeting together at IOTA for a drink. Mm-hmm. And maybe four. Good maybe lord. 70. Maybe like a hundred drinks. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, 
God damn, man. Oh, <laughs> you thanks, man. you called that one, and I just wanted to publicly call you out and say thanks for putting it together. No, no problem, man. I just I figured you guys would, would do something quality, you know? Well, we'll, we'll hopefully we will. You guys should play a song. <laughs> high five. Yeah. High five, audible high five. Well, let's, let's steer into now then uh, that, since we've, like, Thoroughly trashed. Hey, yeah. All due respect. All due respect. What do we do? Yes. Like as together, like yes. Olivia and I, we. I don't know what we. That's a good question. I think what is fun about what we do is that we don't think about what we do. Yes. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone, but um, we. I, I was some a friend of mine was asking me. Maybe we were drinking. Maybe we weren't. Um, like what you know getting older playing you're still playing music and it's like i mean i have jobs in music like in studios and stuff but like why do you still write music and and without even thinking about it i've said that it's more of a compulsion than an ambition at this point and i think for me that's pretty much what i'm sticking to like i don't know olivia is obviously more in in the the field and and you know playing shows and stuff but for me being like more studio oriented i just for some and i always have I just write songs, and Olivia's just a great um, collaborator, and I feel like our strengths don't overlap, and we're it's like fun and and efficient, and you know, I don't know. Well, Adam picked it really well because I think he, whether he intended it or not, he picked a real union of talents, and that is what a real partnership is. Jared does all the things that I cannot, and I do a lot of the things that Jared's strengths are not. Um, I appreciate your uh, diplomacy yeah. in my statement. <laughs> yes, um, I can't see. <laughs> I, I get it. But it works out extremely well. And then in the middle of all that is that obviously Jared and I were going to be great friends because look at our common denominator here. Mm. I mean, I don't think Adam wouldn't have would have suggested a sucky person to me. Um, so <laughs> personality wise, and then musically, we're extremely complimentary. And so the music that we make is sort of like, I don't know, uh, seems byproduct eff- of that. It seems effortless. Yeah. It's seems almost, effortless. It's, we don't, we just end up with records, you know, yeah. and, and like, it's really, you know, not to, I almost don't like to think about it too much because it's, it does seem to just kind of happen not to use the word, but organically. I'll use it. It could be anything. Like Jared and I could come out with like a, you know, trap record, like next month. You know, like, like hey, we could be, we could be making like dubstep right now. We, we should could be do, making a nice, gospel yeah, record. Yeah, don't give it away. <laughs> we could be doing anything because it is just a product of. Oh, you're interested in that? Oh, cool. There it is. We're yeah, just and there's making like zero this pressure now. to do anything like zero commercial pressure. with it. Uh, this is actually one of the best mu- musical relationships I've ever been in. Oh, thanks. Oh, I completely <laughs> agree, but not to get mushy, but it's, it's just easy because there is no expectation. And, and it's, I feel like no one's saying like, we need a hit motherfuckers. Well, <laughs> getting met to the pressure. Yes. Aside from yeah. my son. But, uh, <laughs> well, he's like, he I named that record. Video game. You, yeah. Well, yeah, he's going to design a video game. Hey, old man, that that new PlayStation Four doesn't grow <laughs> on trees. God, let the name of the game be Fart Catcher. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Fart make catcher. all the fucking money with an umlaut over the A and Fart. <laughs> fart Catcher. Yeah, that makes it more badass. You throw an umlaut on yeah. something. People are afraid of the umlaut. No, Molly Crew had two of them. Fucking A. They didn't even Molly Crew. Yeah. Double like, the success. Yeah. So I mean, do you guys see the name as more a um, 
just a blanket thing. Because, I mean, you're in New York. You're here. Our band name? Yeah, yeah. I think we just both picked a word, right? Well, I, I, I know what? you just picked a word, but I mean, so, I mean, you had to pick something to, like, not just be like, like, me and Jared. It's right. Like, you know, it's like, is it just something, like, you, you, you will do stuff when you get to it? Or is this, like, actively? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the cool, like, I think if you, like, improperly translate Astrovia, it's, like, by way of the stars. And there is, like, the whole, like... Everything's made of stars, but we we didn't even think of that until like after the fact. So we backed into the the heaviness there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it, the the funny thing about this the band or whatever you want to call it is like, that it is so not. It's like intent. Like you can't. There's nothing to like grab onto. It just kind of is like. Right, and that's what I was sort of getting at. It's like you, you, talking to you guys for what like we've been talking fifty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I get that you guys are like definitely like well paired like as like collaborators and this is gonna really work, but like not that like there's an anxiety to do this stuff. Right. Like, you guys are just gonna do it when you do it. Well I think that's an answer to our both both of our previous situations too. There was a you lot know? there was a fuck ton of pressure, man, from various corners and I imagine just being able to shake that off was a nice thing, you know? Yeah. For sure. But there's not a moment that I don't think about Astrovia. Like, you know, and it might just be thinking, you know, and it's maybe it's not action, but it's there and it's a vehicle. And it's like when that creative, like, let's put it this way. Jared is like, do you have any songs? Do you have any songs? Do you have any songs? And like, I'm not going to send Jared some crap song. Like, I'm going to wait till I have like something that's worthy of our project because I respect it. Or like, at least catered to it, you know. Like, you know, he's like appropriate for it. Like, yeah. you know, I can like I. You don't write bad songs. I do. I write a lot of bad songs. You just don't hear them. <laughs> but like, I'll wait till there is something that I feel like is appropriate for the project and that I know that Jared can bring, you know, something awesome to. Um but it is a 365 day a year project for me where it's kind of like my outlet, like my outlier outlet where there's no pressure, you know, like I do my own stuff. I do stuff for other people, but Astrovia is my true creative outlet in the sense that, you know, it's like a, it's like an empty canvas. Yep. Pardon the terrible pun, but yeah, it's like, you know, cause there's, you know, I guess some people dig it, like you know, but we don't. We don't even know, like, because we don't really play shows, and right. it's like yeah. it's it's a pleasant bliss of like lack of information and and creative creativity in a vacuum. And maybe that is what it is, Adam. Maybe it, this is sort of like a rebound relationship. <laughs> oh, totally. Like the last thing you want to deal with is yeah. like you know, as uh, you know, going out to do thirty shows in a row and and. Uh, I think we would, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, like, I, I mean, think... if there if there was a financial you know way to do shows, I would be you know. I mean, Olivia, I have a kid. You know, it's like I'm not, and I toured for ten years or whatever. So, you know, but if the right, right you know opportunity came along, it's like of course it'd be great. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's not exactly something you aren't. You guys aren't exactly knocking on doors. No, well, no, it would have to be a door that's knocked on. Right. <laughs> And my kid would have to be old enough to drive us and be our designated driver. I just want him to drum. So, <laughs> no, I want him to drive. In what he, state, though? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, 
if twelve is okay to drive. And yeah, no, no, I, mean, up. I plan on him being. He can. He'll be able. We're to drive moving to Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> but Olivia, you have a bunch of other side projects too, as well. You have your you have the mates, your band. And sure. You you play out solo acoustic all the all the time and uh, keep my chops up. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, so where are you playing next with the mates? We're playing on Friday, Adam. I don't know. Is this going to be out by then? I don't know if it's going to be out by then. Not going to be out by then, but that's okay. Then I I shan't harp on it. Uh, (laughs) The show was great. It was amazing. We had a great time at the Magnificent (laughs) Intentions Festival. We talked with with, uh, Ryan and Brian, and we talked with uh, Andy Ziff, the Cowards Choir. Yeah, yeah. those those guys are great. Yeah, exactly. Gee whiz. So all these people involved in this. This is going to dovetail nicely then. Yeah. Sure, yes. Uh, we're playing the opening night of uh, Magnif- Magnificent Intentions Festival. and um, At Iota? Is that where that is? At o- uh, yeah. Um, great spot for it. Mm. Playing with a relatively new lineup. Yep. Uh, we got Jess Matthews from America Hearts and Kristen Forbes, who has been my longtime bassist. Kristen, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta meet Kristen. She's amazing. You could have a Kristen. Show. Oh, man, yeah. you should have a Kristen Forbes Scotch Bonnets conversation. She, no, she plays there with you go. Every, Kristen plays with everybody. She's Scotch bonnets like the peppers? Yes. Holy fuck. Yeah. No, they're great. <laughs> she does some really good reggae Kristen, shit. Kristen's like amazing. She's Kristen's she's great. she she won't she will not stop playing. She's probably playing right now. Wow. You know. No, she is, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even actually even need to check her schedule to know that she is playing right yeah. now. Yeah. She's the coolest. Yeah. She's and amazing. we actually have a, like a pretty cool team for Friday. Um Is that Julianne on it? Your little sister, I wish I brought down my sister for um, in anticipation of the festival. They did a Kennedy Center thing, so we were lucky enough. Um, Ryan Walker asked us if we would play, uh, you know, sort of like publicity for the festival. And of course, I thought of my sister because, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> she sings like an angel. She's great. She's got a great voice, <laughs> and uh, always a pleasure. So we did a good show on Sunday nice. at the Kennedy Center, um, but. You know what? I try not to think too like there are periods where I'll book a lot and think of it as either like an exposure thing or an experience thing or a money thing. And then there are a couple months where I'll be like, I don't have anything booked. We'll see what pops up. So we're about to enter one of those. Like this is a very busy week for me right now. I have shows every night. Um, and then we'll enter into a phase where I don't have anything. So like. You know, ebb and flow, feast and famine. And flow. Yeah, you gotcha. know. But like, it seems like you're choosing the feast and famine, which is like, I think it's good though because it makes like you need the time. If you just play all the time, I feel like right. like at least when we were doing it, you just don't have time to like absorb anything or like you know, I don't process stuff or it sounds well, stupid, but no, 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 it's not stupid because I think that like every show, every tour is actually just a vehicle that I. I think results in songwriting. Yeah. So you got to have that downtime in order to, to, to digest <laughs> yeah. everything <laughs> to write a song, and that's actually unless my... you're Bob Seger, right? And then everything is about the road. Mm. Well, I gotta tell you, like, <laughs> or Jackson when, Brown. When you're on the road, tell me if I'm wrong. Both just have the albums out. You don't uh, it's like true. people are just kind of like always in your face, so you don't have a chance to like we're, like where I mean I'm sorry. Not in a bad way. It's just like... Oh, but you're on. You're You're just just, on all the time. 
and you don't have a moment to slip away and like we got really towards the end we got really good at getting out of places how well, we stopped tell me your secret <laughs> well no it's because we gave up we, like yeah. we were like yeah. we, it, it, was, but it became so incredibly liberating when we stopped giving a shit it's true that well, was really a fun was. year yeah. like here's the weird thing about like being a musician and then and then going out and doing it in front of people i mean there's a difference between being able to play music and uh, and then being a, and when you go out in front of people you're all of a sudden you're an entertainer and I think that's a different thing. So you require – I mean how you react to that depends on how the public is going to react to you. And, and so like there are people that are famously like you – know, I'll say it like Ryan Adams. He's a little bitch. Mm. Uh, and uh, and he, no, he fucked somebody in Milwaukee. Like all the photogs there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like these are – he's fucking over yeah, working he, people, he not He tried to – he had a problem fans. with shooting the – Shooting photographs yeah. at the Ryan Adams show. Basically, had oh. us all in, and then they're like, yeah, "Oh no, you're going to shoot from like basically behind the wall at the 9:30 club." And then in Milwaukee, he just canceled everybody. He's like, "No, no, no photographers." Was it like an attendance thing? Was there not? I mean, no, it's sold out. But it's just like he was just being needy, or being yeah, 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 crazy. Yeah. So, but that, that's one way to go with it. But the other way is is when people I think see that they are entertainers and how they deal with it. Because I'm sure the first thing that comes to your mind is not. I just want to get out and play my songs. That's that's what's going to come to your mind. Not like, I want to get out and play my songs. They're going to mean something to somebody that I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. And now I have to deal with that. Is that right? Or is that like... You know what? I, um, I mean, I'm sure Jared can say this too, that... Um, because I've been doing this for as long mm-hmm. as I have, I accept the second level of responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is that, okay, so, like, here I am putting my songs out. Of course, the second level of responsibility is that, like, you got to talk to the people right. to whom that right. means something. And that is part of your job. Like, that is part of putting something out there. You know what? The be- the benefit to the listener is that I'm going to be there to kind of, like, right. bounce back the response off mm-hmm. of. And I don't. Like being a generally social person, like I don't dislike that part of the yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the job. It's it's cool, and I really like. I mean, Jesus, if somebody's gonna like my song, yeah, then right. come on, <laughs> like I can talk to them. For Does it get weird long. sometimes though? Do you run across the guys who are like, I saw you on the internet, and I'm here for a kiss? You know what, Adam? <laughs> like that kind of no, that happens yes. to me actually, Adam. <laughs> I hate those it, guys. It, it does happen, but you know what? E- either it's the kind of music I make, or it is the persona that right. I I project. Right. It doesn't happen as often as you think. Like okay. when I get a compliment or like a response, yeah. um, it is more is like not creepy and more sincere <laughs> and more respectful right. than you, you, perhaps I even I would have assumed. And, you know, my only like that, that's a good part of the job. I think it is, but it is part of the job. Right. So you just got to factor in that time. It's like sometimes I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to get in. I'm going to play the show and I'm going to get out. And then I'm like, Oh wait, no, 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 duh! Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's like actually the, like the amount of time that you spent playing the show, like double that because Part of your responsibility to the people who are listening is to get out there and right. have a beer and just, just bro. It, it's interesting <laughs> to see how many like artists don't recognize that at all, and then it just gets weird for people because you know people uh, people give up their Saturday nights to come see. Fuck yeah, they do. And And they pay money. And they give their they give their dollars. They give their money. Yeah, money shouldn't be like a dance monkey dance thing, but 
you know, it's still it's, it's like, a little bit like you know the dickhead. Like, <laughs> a little monkey. Okay. Yeah, so Olivia, I've seen I've seen you do some like I've seen you do some solo aside, acoustic shit. Aside, like yeah. that's a contract. Yeah, that's a contract. But that the does. Performer but the interesting the part attendee. about like that's like ethically, I agree completely. But like, is the nature of rock and roll suited to that? And that's sort of what I was trying to get. That's at. my it's, question. It's like when you when you create this thing, you aren't you just there's no way you're thinking about that. Why would you? Well, no, but I'm saying like is for me, and this is probably because I'm a little older. I guess seventy three years old uh, mm-hmm. is because. Like the bands I always liked were elusive. You couldn't go meet them, or and there was no internet. And like there was Michael Stipe wasn't going to come out. And hang. He wasn't going to like have yeah. a beer with me. And that's know. and I was like intrigued by like, like what he's doing, or you know, not him, but like <laughs> what, like 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 the Guns N' Roses model. It's like you know, you're gonna. They're probably off with a groupie after the show. They're not having yeah. a drink with me at the bar. But like, I mean, that's a different scale of you know success level and everything. But like as a business model, is rock and roll or you know popular music. Uh, reliant on mystique or is it or is it completely now like integrated with like you know transparency like well, there's no there's there's no mythology anymore because everyone's on and Twitter we're in a weird mix everyone, of that because we there, are. Can't, there can't be any mythology because the internet like like everybody can have a Wikipedia page you can right. you can find out anything about anybody and yeah so like, and everyone's got a cell phone like you can like you know you can make a movie of the you know and everyone, Twitter. I yeah. mean, just look, you know. They, Everything's real time. There's people who use it for branding, but there are, like, you know, celebrities in quotes, you know, uh, not in quotes. There are celebrities <laughs> in, in and out of real quotes. Real celebrities, but, not even um, ones in quotes. Maybe in parentheses. Yeah, but there's no such, that mystique, but, I think, is is. But there, is are, kind some, of there are some that act- actively engage, and they're just like, hey, you can communicate with me directly, and people don't, like, get that sometimes. And so, yeah, so the... I, I don't think the mystique's gone. I think it, it is just very confused right now. Yeah. Okay. It is confused. Because there are people that want it that have, like, three toupees. There's <laughs> like, like, I don't want anybody to know I don't have hair. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, and so those guys don't get that, like, really somebody's already seen every picture of your toupee and, like, made a meme of it and whatnot. Um like- Paul Stanley from Kiss doesn't want to see like a picture of him <laughs> yeah. walking out of CVS with a box of Preparation H exactly. or something. You know, with Olivia's old band song playing. Right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> with a Washington comedy pyramid. Right. Exactly. Cash in, yeah. cash in. Yeah. 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 Where's my check? Yeah. Uh. Wow. Well, do you guys? What do you? Do you guys? What do you think, man? Well, can they, do, can they do? Do we have time? Can they do a quick one? one? Maybe do this one song. Is, uh... We're getting close to the witching hour here. It's like ten to late, seven fifty. So, um, if I, you guys want to, we could do like junkie or what? We, what yeah, it's up to you guys. It's up to yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys want to play a song? Okay. Let's set up in here a song. <laughs> Jared, Jared, come sit, come sit really yeah. close to me. Uh, <laughs> come here, come here, buddy. You guys cuddle. I'll just no, no, no. I'm not gonna grab. I'm just, I'm just gonna lightly touch it.
everything uh, Okay. Um, all right, so this is an actual Astrovia song, guys. Uh, Olivia, tell me the name of this thing. It's called Action Junkie. Action Junkie, word. Okay? Yes. Let's go. Here we go. Me, I'm an action junkie. Always picking up another monkey, but I guess it's just my kind of company. Walking around acting crazy, well, it keeps the creeps away.
That was Action Junkie by Astrovia, Olivia Mancini, and Jarrett Nicolay. And uh, I think that about covers it, man, huh? Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for coming Thanks for coming down. Aww, thank you so us, much. Dudes. This is so fun. This is awesome. All right. How awesome was that, guys? Um, again, didn't know them at all. Uh, didn't even really know their music coming out. I was sort of uh, intending to just sit back and, and let this tape roll and uh, run the gear on this one. But uh, turns out they're uh, super fun, super talented people, so I had to jump in there. And I think we had uh, one of the better conversations we've had on this podcast. Certainly one of the most fun. Um, so thanks again to uh, Jarrett and Olivia for coming down. Thanks again to Adam for uh, putting that together. The song they played uh, is is a song called Action Junkie. Uh, that is going to be on their new EP that is coming out uh, December 16th on Aerobic International Records named Super Best Lucky Songs, all one word, all caps. Uh, I actually haven't heard it, but I'm looking forward to hearing it then. Uh, so I suggest on the 16th we'll tweet it out and say, you go get it. Put it in your ears. Uh, so thanks to them. Uh, that is our podcast for the week. We are racing towards the end of the year. We thought we were going to hit 100 podcasts by the end of this year. I'm not sure if we're going to quite do that. We do have a few more tricks up our sleeve, uh, but not before we're going to do uh, our sort of classic end-of-year episode. And this year, a little bonus. We're doing a, a end-of-year uh, best-of-local episode. Uh, so that's coming up. It's going to feature uh, myself, Quinn, and Paul from Hometown Sounds, who you guys all know. Uh, and then uh, actually talking to Marion McLaughlin tomorrow night. So that's going to be coming up later on this week. So good stuff coming to put in your ears to keep you entertained. Uh, as usual, thank you for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Please do that. Please rate us. Like, we, don't, we don't have any ratings, so we have no idea what people think of us. Uh, it, you know, not that we really care, but at the same time, if we're really sucking it up, I'd like to know. Or if we're really doing good, we'd like to know that. So please subscribe. Uh, rate us. You can listen to us on Stitcher as well, uh, or you can just download it from the site and into various podcatching apps. So that is it. That is episode number 93 of Chunky Glasses Podcast, and we will talk to you later on this week. Jerry.